Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. My name is Aid, and you are listening to show number 192, uh, which those of us just about to record for you have decided is not a prime number. <laughs> possibly because it's an even number but there you go apparently there's only one prime number that's an even number and i'm not going to tell you what it is because you just all know anyway enough for that graham how you doing i'm doing very well thank you aid um significantly better than you because you've been poorly sick for the last week but oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. you've struggled back on tonight manfully which i very much appreciate so um yeah it's lovely to have you back here and i'm fine and well and feeling great Excellent. Well, you can carry on the rest of the show from here while I just snooze quietly in the corner and complain about the fact that I have hot eyes and a sore throat and stuff like that. Um, uh, but but first of all, let's say, uh, well, um, sadly, Rach can't be with us tonight, but you, you have uh, organised for us two super special guests, I believe. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> what are they coming? <laughs> exactly. Um, no, I mean, as we've been doing recently, you know, a bit of a kind of pre-photography show, show um, because we know it's going to be super busy at the show and we won't get as much time to talk to the people that we want to so as a special treat we've got on the steves tonight. <laughs> a brace of <laughs> a, a brace of steves yes we have got the delights that are steve lloyd from chroma cameras and stephen dowling from cosmo photo gentlemen welcome back to the show hello and so you two are both going to be at the photography show um you're both occupying pods i understand yeah, like yeah. some yeah. sort of fifties B movie. <laughs> is, is it going to be like? Um, is it going to be like Spinal Tap? And then they turn, they like come out of the pods at the beginning of the song, and they can't get out. I hope so. I'm <laughs> my moustache, and I'm, I'm trying to fit into my leather trousers. Awesome. Wow. This is very disappointing. Pod it isn't going too well, is it? <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of discussion, uh, Steve, about, um, sorry, Stephen, about Thank getting you to turn up. Yeah, this, uh, with hindsight, this could be <laughs> my <laughs> um, yeah. uh, Stephen, there, there have been many requests from many people I know for you to be at the photography show dressed up in a spaceman outfit, um, which you seem remarkably resistant to. Uh, even the point where you've said, oh, you know, we'll pay me 50 quid and, and I'll do it. And we all said, okay, we'll pay you 50 quid if you do it. And then you just want to do it. <laughs> That's 50 um, quid each. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, interestingly, uh, I found out that um, my mate does art, um, a.k.a. Martin Duncan, the man who um, does the wonderful design, including the wonderful cosmonaut who you'll see uh, taking taking pictures on the pod. Um, he actually um, released an album uh, in the late 90s um, on, uh, oh, God, I'm trying to remember the name of the record label, Brighton Record Label, the same one that Fatboy Slim um, recorded on. And he is actually uh, in the vi video to his single, dressed as an astronaut walking around an off-license, which I just thought was spookily um uh prescient does he have access to the suit that you can borrow it i, I think the suit is uh is long gone skin records that was the record label um yeah no this was clearly done uh, on the cheap uh he's he's walking around somewhere in, in brighton and not you know the the science museum or, or somewhere a bit bit cooler uh but yeah um 
maybe we could just loop that uh, on a video monitor somewhere. Sounds great. Well, let's let's talk about these pods a bit because this is the new thing for this year. I mean, obviously the whole analog spotlight area is a new thing, but these pods in particular are an idea that was brought in to try and make it a bit easier for smaller vendors like you guys to have a presence on the show floor without having to spend um, well well over a thousand pounds. The the general um, cost of having a stand there is pretty expensive, isn't it? I think it's yeah. close to three thousand pounds. Two isn't, yeah. Yeah. Certainly from what Sam was saying. Um, yeah, yeah. Can, it's, Sam. it's you wouldn't get much change off three grand. And I think that um if you look at the the cost compared to Photokina, I think the photography show was quite a good deal. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you did this, Steve, but I remember looking at um what it would cost for a stall at Fedokina and it was something like five and a half thousand euros. Yeah, we were talking about it, weren't we, last year with yeah. um, Bellamy and that as well, and it was ridiculous cost. And they, they were for, not for a small manufacturer. About like, oh yeah, well, you know, we'll help you guys out. They were just like, Well, yeah. you know, maybe you can all share one together. <laughs> yeah. Um it was Yeah, they, they weren't interested in deal with it. Okay, well, well Stephen, these pods then, um describe what they're like. For the listeners, they can get an idea of what, what the pod zone is going to be like. And what are you going to do with your pod? What's your plan for the Cosmo pod? Um, my plan for the Cosmo pod is to sell a shitload of film. <laughs> <laughs> Good plan. Good plan. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, everyone who needs black and white film, come to the photography show um, and buy mine because I'm going to have uh, lots there. Um, no, I'm going to be offering a lot of the stuff. I'm going to basically treat it like a, a glorified pop-up and be selling stuff that you can normally only buy online. Um, but it's just a way of, I think, showing that um, Cosmophoto is like a brand that is here to stay. Um, I know we've got a, a lot of uh, a lot of interest. Um, and I certainly got a lot of sales when it launched um, two and a half years ago, but just sort of showing that, you know, still here and still selling film and still got lots of interesting plans for the coming 12 months. So, um, and also just, you know, if you buy stuff at the photography show, um, you don't have to pay postage and you've got it straight away, which um, is obviously the, the big downside with, um, selling stuff online is, you know, people have got to wait and they've got to pay for postage as well. Um, I mean, I completely understand the not wanting to wait thing because I'm not, this becomes a surprise to a lot of people. I'm not the most patient person around. Um, so, I mean, obviously, you like your films, but what other kind of stuff are you going to have then? Um, is this going to be the new range of colour film we were talking about beforehand? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, um, in, in collaboration with um, uh, Orvo and Sveima, Um no, uh, that's not happening, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to obviously have the T-shirts, the wonderful T-shirts that use the great art from um, Martin Duncan, a.k.a. My Mate Does Art. Um, and uh, I'm also going to be selling the Cosmic Film Boxes, which um, I did as a, a bit of a Christmas gift idea, um, which is a really nice um a sort of designer box using sort of the space art theme from the original Cosmophoto packaging. 
Uh, you get four rolls of 35ml Cosmo Photo Mono, um, and it's just, a, a, I think, a nice um, gift box, either for yourself um, or... Uh, a, lo- if, a loved one? Yeah, if you have a you know a friend or a loved one who's getting into film, I think it's a nice little um, birthday birthday present. Or just um, thanks for being my friend's present, or you know, delete where applicable. Belated um, Valentine's, I would say. That. <laughs> exactly, and I'm going to make them um, so Make them cheaper than online, so they'll they'll actually be cheaper to buy um, at the photography show than. At- <laughs> What's that? Is that your son again, that Steve? Stool. <laughs> no, I, I have to take responsibility for that. Well, <laughs> Way to ruin my uh, my moment, Steve. Thanks. I ruined your sales pitch there, didn't I? Make basically it's cheap film. Good luck, Steve. I'm intrigued because how big are these pods? They're not. I mean, they're they're small, right? They're what about a meter square? Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. I'm looking at the the diagram of it right now. Yeah, it's what is it? A meter wide. Me to highlight. Imagine a kitchen unit with a wall behind it. Yeah, that's what we've got. Okay. You mean, Are you pod you... three, Steve? Sorry. Are you pod three? I'm pod three. You're just yeah. talking. Yeah, yeah, you are in front of me then. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You're literally not going to be able to get away from me. I know. Yeah, it's not good, well, is it? At least, I mean, at least, even you can stack your stuff up pretty high, and even though you've not got much space there, you can cram quite a lot on there. Um, Steve. Your cameras are quite big and bulky. Uh, yeah. It, it don't stack so well. But um, especially as you are adding to the family of Chroma cameras, aren't you? Uh, you've got, like, new stuff to show at the show. Um, I do. So what are you bringing? Uh, well, I'm going to have the the current, the advanced 4x5s. So I'm kindly borrowing one that I built for a customer. It's the McChroma edition. So uh-huh. it's... Uh, it's a black chroma with tartan bellows. Um, so I'm bringing that along. Then I'm also going to bring along the brand new um, Carbon Adventure, which was a, a new carbon fiber edition of the 4x5. Um, I think that's your fault, Graham, last time we spoke. <laughs> Sounds pretty swanky, though. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah, we need to talk about that more in a minute as well. Um, but you've yeah. also got another super cool addition to the family. Yeah. This year, yeah. I've also got the snapshot. Which is the handheld four by five. Um, I say four by five. They all take international backs as well, so they'll all take roll film backs. Um, also, the new chromographica dry plate backs. They'll take those. The holders um, and any, anything else that you'd throw at a four by five. So yeah, so the, the snapshot will be there as well. That's going to be a, a funky purple snapshot that's come with me. Um, so yeah, I'm going to have two new cameras, but three cameras in total. Okay. Understand. So, um, the chroma, the chromographica, the uh, carbon. Um, uh, what's the deal with that? Why should people be? Why should people care about this? Because I've certainly seen it, and I know why I care about it. I don't know why I'm the, trying to. The carbon, the adventure. Yeah. Um, it's well, for one, it's carbon fiber. It's always awesome. But it's uh, it's about 250 grams lighter than the the advanced, which is the the all acrylic, um, and printed chroma um it's more even more rigid so um if you you can kind of push it and just say it's it's just a cooler camera basically if you want to save a bit of weight that's why it's called the adventure and take it with you a bit, a bit further afield um but not give up any kind of rigidity 
you know, I, don't, I didn't want to go super late and have something that flaps in the wind like a kite. Um, the both both chromas have got removable magnetic bellows as well, so they'll both take uh, bag bellows. And I'm actually tomorrow going to be printing the bellows for the carbon adventure for the show, which I'm going to be a bit a bit different um, for the the show version. It sounds like there's some good spe- special limited edition stuff coming along there. Then, yeah. In, in true in true my fashion, I try and fit about forty eight hours into every day. <laughs> um, so the the, um, the snapshot is a, a completely new yep. thing for you, isn't it? I mean, as you said, the, the carbon adventure is uh, an upgrade and an improvement, so a, a step up model it from is. the original yeah. chroma. Um, yeah. But the snapshot is something that is comes off completely different spec line, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, tell us yeah, about the, that the, one. So yeah, see, snapshot is like you said, it's brand new camera, so it's um, similar materials it's part printed part uh, acrylic um but i'd say it's handheld large format so um the the bellows plate if you like have got um, replaceable spacer bars in them so you can fit multiple lenses so traditional handheld large format cameras have generally got a single cone so that might be a you know mm-hmm. a 90 mil lens cone and then you'd have a helicoid on the front for focusing the lens uh, which was the the, the original design? I, I kind of I went I went the same way. I thought well, we'll print the cones and you know have multiple cones. But then I started thinking. I always trying to come back to kind of like would I use it? Could I be bothered taking multiple pieces and a different cone if I wanted to put a 150 on it or if I want to put a 65 mil on it? Um, and it, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want it. So um, so I came up with this other idea that it, it's it's got bellows like the 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 adventure and the the, the advanced, but they're, they're fitted between two plates with spaces in between, uh, like four rods, so one in each corner. So what you can do is you can literally put uh, a 35mm spacer in, which allows you to use um, a 90mm lens. So, um, you know, a, a relative, kind of a standard wide-angle lens for large format, roughly 30mm equivalent on full frame. Um so you can use that, and then if you think, okay, well, I want to do some portraits on it, you can unscrew the four spacer bars that easily and put longer spacer bars in, so you can then put a 150mm lens on it. But using the same helicoid, you don't need multiple helicoids and multiple lens cones and things like that. Um, the lenses fit into the helicoid themselves with a, a, a round metal lens board. So uh, I just wanted to make a camera that kind of is easy to, to kind of handhold, go and use, but it still covers multiple options. You know, we don't all like a 90mm lens or a 150 or a 180. Um, there's a there's a tripod mount built into it as well. So um, you can put it on a tripod if, if you want to use it as a more kind of fixed large format um, without the whole field camera movements like the, the, the advanced or the adventure. Um, I've also got a the new... Uh, light meter, the what's called now the Reveni light meter that's yeah, on yeah. Kickstarter at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I, was talking, I was chatting to Matt who created that the other day, so he's sending me one of his um, three current units. So I'm going to have that on the snapshot on the pod as well because I thought it'd be when I saw it, I, I love the idea of the design. It's a nice tiny light meter, so you, I'm going to have I mean, that. 
I, I haven't heard about this light meter. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us a bit about this? Because I've, I've missed that completely. Uh, I, I need to now Google that. But what, what is this new light meter? <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's basically it's a really tiny, simple um, electronic light meter called the by Reveni Labs, R-E-V-E-N-I. I think Hamish has just done a, a brief article on it as well. Um, and it's literally a very small... Sorry? Cosmophoto was first. Oh, <laughs> you were first. You haven't got one on your pot, though. <laughs> um, so it's literally a, a centre-weighted um, digital light meter with a, an OLED, OLED screen on the back. You can use aperture or shutter priority on it. Um, and it's about an inch cubed, tiny little meter. Mm-hmm. So the Kickstarter's run at the moment. That launched on Saturday. Yeah. this afternoon and he was fully funded within i think about six hours something like that wow. so um so he's done really well with it so obviously that's going to run for 30 days so me and matt were talking so it'd be great to have it for people to get hands on with it and i've been talking to quite a few people on other sort of photography forums who are kind of going oh i don't know if i need one i'm not sure it's you know it's, it's about um 60 pound with shipping it's he's in canada so uh, you know it's not for me, I didn't think it was massively expensive for a light meter, and but in the same vein, a lot of people going, "Well, I thought it'd be cheaper than that." So, um, which I think we always like things to be cheaper. But um, saying people can come and have a look at it and have a have a play with it as well, and then the campaign is still going to run for another kind of two weeks after the show as well. So, if people do then want to go and back it, they can. That sounds awesome. Um, could we like this is. I, I'm... <laughs> Because I, I love doing this to you. This is my how I make your life a misery by making you do stuff. With your um, snapshot, because you said you can have the different spaces at the different lengths to dip. Yes. To, um, uh, could you get different length springs in so you could then use it a bit like um, a lens baby? Like, like I can't can you imagine do, how do much you know fun what, mate? Weirdly, I, was, I, I fitted uh, the kind of final bellows I had. Uh, a guy called Toby van der Velde, who uh, I've met through another guy he's a photographer down in wales he um he did the beta testing for me on the snapshot so i sent him down like the the early version which had a bag bellows fitted to it um so he did some good feedback for me and gave me some ideas and stuff so i've kind of put those changes in so today i was fitting the, the, the final bellows in it and i was doing exactly that like you're saying i, I was holding the, the lens board uh, the lens, the panel that the lens attaches, if you like the the front of the bellows, and literally doing just that, moving it around like a lens baby. So I thought you can kind of free lens with it really easily, um, or yeah, you could put rubber spaces in so you've got movement on it, but they don't kind of it doesn't flop about too much, you know. So uh, I think these ideas are brilliant. People come up with other ideas. You've essentially got a nice film back. That it's got the it's the same spring back as the the Adventure and the Mark II of the Advance, which is the version I'm going to have. So it's an updated version of the the back. Um, so I'd say it's got a, a ground glass built in. It's got a new printed ground glass frame as well. So you can fit a Fresnel screen if you want to underneath it. Um, so you've got the kind of the basis of a, you've got a solid camera there. So if you want to say, put them on, on springs or on rubber spaces, you can. Uh, it's... Um, Definitely well up for people having ideas like that. That sounds awesome. It would also sound awesome if you put that pen you're clicking down, otherwise I'm going to come round your ass and break your fingers. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. 
Okay, because the these um the idea behind the snapshot this is this is your first take on this but as you said there have been other mm-hmm. cameras out doing it so um obviously last yeah. year we had um the og from ethan over at camera yep. Dactyl, and i know that graham young from the homemade camera podcast he's working on something as well along similar lines because they're really like they're a very popular new format i mean i'm sure they yeah. exist before and so but um because they're a really fun pick up and play kind of way getting out and shooting four by five aren't they um yeah. Definitely, yeah. I think they're a bit less intimidating than a, a field camera to someone who's never used large format. They look a lot more approachable, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And and portable as well, just easier to sling in a bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the important thing with these two new cameras is um, how much money? <laughs> how much money? <laughs> <laughs> um, the snapshot is going to be £200 retail. Um, so that comes with the brass helicoid lens plates, um, the aluminium lens plates and the, and the camera glass pack. Uh, the, the Carbon Adventure is 495 um, with, again, lens board and a pinhole plate, the removal bellows. Um, the, the other big difference, which didn't say to talk about the Adventure, is that the rear standard slides forward. So if you want to shoot uh, ultra-wide lenses, you can slide the rear standard up to the front standard so you don't get the, the focus embed in your shot, um, which is something that a lot of kind of cameras in that range don't do, mm-hmm. or that, that price range at least. Um, so yes, that'll be 495 and the the current, the advanced is 350 but I've got 10% off all three of the cameras uh, during the photography show as well. That's so. awesome. <laughs> Bring your pocket money, people. Yeah. Um, uh, the question I have to ask, Steve, because I mean, obviously I know that you know chroma cameras is you. Uh, mm-hmm. um, how is the supply chain going at the moment? Um, I've actually got somebody else working with me at the moment. Um, kind of early days, but looking. Is it a decent person? Is it a good guy? Or is it? He some... is, is he... No, no, he's a good guy. Oh, um, good. I, it's a, it's a very kind of it's a bit chicken and egg, isn't it? With I think with a new company. I'd love to kind of I look at what Max has done with Intrepid. Obviously, I, I talk to Max quite a bit, and you know, and he's I think he's got 10, 11 people working with him now. And I think the thing I get is, at what point do you make that step? You know, when you suddenly you bring people in and grow your business, it's that kind of you've got to make enough to be able to bring someone in, haven't you? So I'm, I'm at that point. So um, it's early days with the build. I'm actually going down to see him tomorrow again. The guy's building with me. Um, so he's he's taking kits, if you like, and he's building them up for me. So, yeah. um, and then obviously with TPS, um, when when everyone comes with their pocket money and buys buys chromas, I'll I'll look at kind of furthering that then with bringing people on board. That um, because awesome. it is a challenge. It is that kind of you know, I'm <laughs> I'm going back out to the workshop after we've recorded this, and it's you know half nine. Yeah, so. Um, I'm kind of living in the workshop at the moment, so I've got 3D printers running probably 14 hours a day, um, printing all the parts as well. So it's good. Keeps me busy. Keeps me out of trouble, you know. It does sound like a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's good, though. I, I don't miss my former life in IT, put it that way. 
it's hard to imagine why he wouldn't. Um, uh, Stephen, you were saying that you know you've got um, you know got more stuff planned for this year. I mean, have you got any announcements that are coming to the photography show, or, or are these all going to be things later on down the train? Later on down the train, you know that saying, <laughs> that popular saying. Announcement now, which is uh, I've actually been been joined by my member of staff. Uh, the cat has decided to lie on me. <laughs> so, um, Cosmophotos, vice president of logistics and sales. Uh, is is lying on me. Um, <laughs> I I don't have anything um, I can. Uh, how can I put this? No, nothing I can sort of make public in um, a photography show, uh, but there will be some announcements coming um, in a few months' time. Uh, if I can dangle that, yeah, uh, there's uh, quite interesting. No. Stuff It'll be super useful is uh, some 4x5 film, because apparently there's some new cameras coming out. So could we get some 4x5 uh, (laughs) Cosmo photo film? That'd be really handy. And think how great the art could be on that great big box. FOMA do do um, 4x5 film, but uh, I think maybe five people in the last two and a a half years have asked for it. So... I mean, I, I think I've. Heard, and that was me four times. Yeah. <laughs> I've had many people ask for 127 films. So, um, <laughs> no, obviously, I know it's, um, it's, it's a niche that's growing because people are realizing that, um, you know, the cameras and lenses are still available. But uh, I would say I sell four rolls of 35mm for every 120 uh, I sell. So, um, it w- it would have to be quite uh, an upswing in large format to make a boutique like film like me actually bring it out. Oh well, I mean, Steve, that just seems like it's an incitement for you to sell a lot more cameras. Care, does he? He doesn't know. He's just lazy. Whatever. He's not. He's not going back out to his film factory once he's finished recording this. He's going to go to bed. <laughs> He's just going to go and send an email or something. He's not an engineer. The cat's on me. I can't move. You have to send paralysis. <laughs> well, speaking of boutique products, how about Chromographica? Yes. Should we yeah. talk about that one as well? Yeah, absolutely. So are you going to have Chromographica stuff there? I am, yep. I'm also I'm going to have the Chromographica prototype holder there. Um, I don't know if you probably haven't seen the update Jason sent out today, but um, thanks to that really large-scale pandemic we've had a bit of a supply chain issue in china um so we were due to have our molded parts our first kind of test molded parts and first week back after chinese new year Uh, but we 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 got a we've been in contact with our kind of the manager over there who's doing the molding for the molding company and he got in touch with us on monday last week to say they've only just been allowed back in to to work um so obviously there, that's knocked on all the the sort of timescales. So he said that he's going to mold and ship the prototype four by five to myself and Jason, or the first production, if you like, four by five parts, myself and Jason, on the eighth of March, which is the uh, next Sunday. So once we get that, we've then got to we'll both build the holder up, make sure it all goes together right, functions properly. Um, and once we've done that, we can give them to go ahead and there'll be another two weeks after that. So probably looking early to mid-April 
for actual shipping holders out. But um, that's what I was hoping to have them at the show with me, um, have stock with them. But uh, I'm going to take the prototype along that I've that I've got here, just to so people can see it and you know <laughs> know it exists. Uh, try it out. I put and Jason is sending me. Um, and a number of his plates and also his plate drying rack as well. So, um, as we were talking about space being a premium on the pod, I'll, I'll try and squeeze them on as well. Um, <laughs> so they might come on your pod, Steve, is that right? I'll just drop them around the other side, just on, on the slide. Um, so, yeah, so we'll have that as well, um, which, is, which is quite exciting. We're getting close to delivering those. So, it's getting there. That sounds really cool. Will you be able to? I, mean, I, I guess probably not. But I know that there are quite a lot. There is the um, in the analog spotlight zone. There is a um, a demonstration area and a stage area, isn't there? I mean, yeah. are you going to be doing any demonstrations with the um, dry plate stuff? I'm not actually at the moment. I, I did. I got an email from the organisers about doing a talk, but I think they've all been filled in now. The the slot, the sort of 15 minute slots. I'm. I'm I mean, I'm looking at the diagram of the stand now. We, we got sent out the other day, and sort of four bench seats and a big screen. So, I think through I think through the through the show, I'll be happy to kind of demonstrate them to people. But I'm, I'm not doing any of the, the kind of 15 minute slots on, on plates. But I've asked Jason to send me some um, uh, developed plates of his as well, so people can can see what they look like once they've been shot as well, which I think always helps. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them. Um, so, Stephen, you know, getting an opportunity to um, go there and have a presence at the show, because you've been at the photography show for the last, uh, certainly the last couple of years, I've, we've seen you there, but this is the first time you've actually been able to have a an official presence there. Um, are you going to be there all four days? I mean, how, you know, how, as, a, as a small businessman, how does this affect you? How does taking part in something like this actually affect you? Because this is not unlike Steve, who is doing it full time now. This is your side hustle. So, yeah. um, so I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking essentially leave from my day job um, from Friday to Wednesday, um, which I sort of, you know, when when it came to um, working out the year's leave, uh, uh, Hamish Gill was obviously already talking about trying to, um, you know, get this analog spotlight spotlight together, um, and you know, it, it absolutely paid off. So um, I always thought, okay, well, I'll I'll leave a few days uh, for March. Um, yeah, essentially, I'm just coming up. Um, coming up fairly light because um, the Intrepid guys uh, are very kindly um, taking my stock up uh, for me um, because they've got a van uh, and I don't have a license for the UK. So um, that solves that problem. Uh, you, how, how long have you lived in this country now? Oh, a, a while. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't care. Sorry. He's meant to get round to and... Um, Living in London, you don't need a car, so um, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I don't like the idea of me trying to drive a van around Birmingham. That would probably be uh, the end of my pop-ups. So um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to I'm going to give the stuff to to Max, um, you know, carry it down to him, and he'll very kindly 
bring it up. So I'll be buying him beer for the rest of the weekend. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I've only been once actually, which was this time last year. And I, I just thought, well, this is something I have to try and make a, an appearance that because I've been to, um, photographica, which is the big, um, vintage camera fair in London. I don't know if any of you guys have been to it, but that's actually quite a nice um, gig for somebody like me selling film because it's essentially um, 120 camera stalls and maybe three people selling film. Um, So the first year I was there, I sold something like 200 rolls of film in a day, which, well, a six hour day. So, um, it sort of woke me up to the idea of doing pop-ups, uh, which not that the photography show was a pop-up. Um, but it, it's just actually good to have an audience who can pick up your roll of film or t-shirt or whatever and go, actually, yeah, I really like that. I'll, I'll pay the price, which will be cheaper than online. I mean, you, you obviously make it worth people's while, um, but this year it's photography show kind of kicks off, um, uh, a few things for me, um, which I can announce on sunny 16. Um, so I'll be doing, uh, the, uh, photographica in May as normal. Um, but then I'll also be hopping over the channel to, um, the Bievre photo fair in, uh, Paris, which is, I think, the biggest camera fair in Europe. It's got something like 200 stalls. It takes over a, um, a town square just southeast of Paris, I think, about 40 minutes by train out of Paris. Um, and again, this is like 200 um, camera stalls. It, it brings dealers and buyers from all over Europe and Asia. Um, but the, the only person who sells film there is Lomig, who runs Film Washi. So he said, uh, you know, it would be nice to have somebody to talk to. Um, so we're going to be next to each other at that, which is uh, the 5th and 6th of June, I think, or uh, 6th or 7th. Um, and then I jump on the train. This this is basically my summer break. Um, I jump on the train and then do a pop-up in Lyon, Um on the Thursday, which um, I think is the 12th. And then I'm in Barcelona, um, the 14th, 15th, for um, a Revelati, which is the analog photography festival in Barcelona, which has been going, I think, five or six years now. But they now have a, uh, a festival market and um, they do pop-ups and um, talks and all sorts of stuff, but they're trying to get more um, small players like myself getting involved. So, yeah, I'll have a week where I'm doing um, a giant camera show and a little shop pop-up and then this analog festival um, in early June, which will be really good fun. That sounds, sounds like, like fun. Sounds like a lot of travel as well. <laughs> yeah. Again, I can do it by train, which is the only way to travel in Europe. Um, for those without a license. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for those who have wonderful friends who, uh, who bury their uh, stock to them yeah. in, uh, in these places. But yeah, uh, it just seemed like, well, why not? I mean, 
on the on the minor side it, it might be one of the last times i can do such a thing without incurring all sorts of um customs and tariff charges sending stock to europe um mm, this time. yeah yeah um or you know two summers hence um so i might as well do it now and just see what it's like and if it's something i absolutely have to do every year um work out a way of doing it without bankrupting myself but um i i've done a few things recently um which i really enjoyed doing i did a pop-up in madrid um uh in a, a shop um la Palaculera, really nice um photography shop that does uh, sells cameras sells loads of film um does little events uh hosts photo walks um and then i did an event in um minsk in belarus just before christmas um where i did a talk for a, a photo collective called photo squat who sell film sell cameras um but organize all sorts of like really cool um you know photographic events and and talks and discussions and workshops all run by uh, mostly you know guys in their early 20s um and that was a really really nice little day spent with them uh they couldn't have been nicer and they were super excited to have you know somebody involved in um analog photography um from outside of belarus uh, they laid on a, an interpreter so so that people who couldn't understand English could follow my talk. Um, but yeah, it was a, a really cool little thing to do. So I'd, I'd like to do more stuff like that if I can and just, um, you know, spread the, the wonderful word of analog photography uh, in places around Europe or a bit further afield. It must be quite hard because this isn't your full-time job at all you know it's something you do on the side and these things are not without cost and i mean as you said earlier the um the photography show is cheap compared to uh photo kina but yeah. it's still you still need to sell quite a lot of film to cover the cost of everything that you're doing um and you know when you're talking about going further afield as well as all the travel and stuff like that um yeah. like what's why i suppose is the question <laughs> why why because i you know are you you know steve has made the leap to go okay this is my full-time job now but yeah, i get the impression that you like doing what you do for a living um and that you don't necessarily see this as a thing you want to one day move into completely what is the thing that motivates you to keep doing or to do stuff like this i i just think it's um yeah it's a good question i i i've wanted to do um something like this for about 20 years without really knowing exactly what it was um i know i didn't want to be a um a full-time photographer you know having to uh you know send digital files whizzing across the internet to, to a, a pictures disc because that just didn't, that wasn't the kind of photography I liked. But um, I knew that I wanted some kind of vocation or something involved with film photography that was a bit more than 
taking film pictures um, and putting them up on Flickr and getting, you know, a couple of likes on them. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's, you know, Flickr and Instagram and, and Facebook are, I think, the windows that a lot of people are seeing um, film photography through. But I just, I wanted to do more. And I think I wanted to like spread the word because film photography absolutely changed my life. Um, even though I do, you know, the job I've been doing since I was 17 uh, as a journalist, um, you know, a lot of my spare time is taken up with uh, Cosmophoto and I'm sort of at a crossroads in two years. Maybe I am doing this full time um, because I've sold 30,000 rolls of film in two years. And that's from a standing start with 100 pounds of ad, ad spent and just pretty much word of mouth marketing, which seems to be the best marketing there is for this kind of stuff. Yeah. That's very cool. It's, it's very impressive. Um, yeah. Um, so the photography show, obviously, there's lots of cool stuff going to be there. Uh, is there anything that you guys, I mean, Steve, like, what are you excited to see or who are you excited to see out of all the stuff that's going to be going on there? Um, well, as much as I, I love analog, you know, the analog spotlight's going to be awesome and catch up with everyone on there. Um, <laughs> You're yeah. just not into, you're about to say, I just can't wait to see all the digital cameras, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say is, I, I still love gadgets, so I do. I love the show, I've been um, the last three shows, three times, um, and just going around and seeing. I, I love the opportunity to have all of these manufacturers in one hall or a couple of halls, and you know, there's so much stuff out in the world, isn't it? From the small manufacturers, not not as much from you know, your Sony, your Canon, your Nikon, because. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I like digital cameras. I shoot Sony, but they don't do as much for me. So I like seeing the small people, you know, the, the smaller businesses getting a chance to get their products out there um, and getting hands on with them and chatting to the people. I, I, I love that part of it. It's such a, you know, the, I've only ever gone for one day. Uh, and obviously last year we did, you know, we met up with you guys and did the walk around and sort of I spent a lot of time with John Whitmore. It's the first time I've met him face-to-face, you know, he, he backed Chroma originally. So uh, it was really good to meet, I think there were about five people there who had Chromas. So it was dead good being kind of face-to-face with people and they're all positive, which is nice. Um, but that face-to-face is brilliant. And I think everyone loves talking cameras or film or whatever it is, you know, and, and having that opportunity for for four days is going to be brilliant. I'm going to be exhausted at the end of it, but it's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What about you, Stephen? Is there anything that you're particularly um, looking forward to seeing at a show, or anything that's captured your attention? Yeah, the fact that um, Hamish Gill finally has the pixelated <laughs> to show the world. Um, that's, that's apparently. I'm too excited. He's coming up to me on Thursday to do the, the acrylic part. <laughs> um, I'm uh, very uh, keen to meet up with the guys from... Um, camera rescue uh who i've spoken to many times um just doing stories for uh for cosmophoto um because I, I i really like the fact that they're you know when you think that they started a few years ago, essentially a little 
shop in Finland, which is not one of the places that is, you know, no disrespect to Finland, not one of the epicenters of uh, analog photography and that, that you would uh, immediately think of. Um, and now they're this huge, like, um, force for good for, for keeping film relevant in the 21st century, getting hopefully a hundred thousand cameras repaired and back out into the hands of people who want to use them. Um, and along with that, hopefully, um, you know, train, helping train a, a new generation of, of people who can repair this stuff, because as we all know, um, uh, stuff breaks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, those guys. Um, I know the, the the guys from Photo Classic International were supposed to be coming, but they've they've had to bow out. Unfortunately, I think there was some personal stuff um, uh, with with one of the partners there. So um, it's a shame. I, I would have liked to have seen them. Um, the the familiar and, and cheerful faces of um, uh, Paul Mackay and Mary and um, Sam Cornwall will be there, uh, jeering at us from the sidelines because they're not actually in the um, spotlight no they're all, they've got big fancy stands haven't they they're, yeah, they're richer than us looking down on you plebes well uh, <laughs> somebody was complaining about having to pay the fees so um who really who was who would complain about having to pay 250 pounds for a plug socket i can't i can't imagine that sam cornwell would complain about oh, oh, oh wait hang on that's <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and obviously the the guys uh, from Berger as well, um, uh, because uh, I've used a few rolls of their film and I really like it, especially when when it's pushed. Um, I uh, yeah, and I'd like to shoot more of it. So if they um, if we can do some swapsies, that would be absolutely brilliant. Mm. And and Bill Manning, who again is somebody I've chatted to just on Facebook um, and by email. Yeah, he seems a lovely chap. So, um, be nice to have a beer with him and um, and and talk about all things film. Do you know what? I, I think that's the sort of thing that I'm looking forward to as well. Because just the you know the 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 scale of it for for analog photography is going to be way bigger than ever before, isn't it? There's going to be you know a, a real community feel about it. I, I hope I'm looking forward to that anyway, and being able to catch up with you know, all of these people and actually be have it be a thing right a thing in its own right a fee, you know and it, it's, it's funny because it's only a couple of years ago that they started calling it the photography show and the video show and no sooner have they added all of that video stuff then they've got to add film as well <laughs> i think <it's> nice. <laughs> i think that's nice you know? <laughs> yeah and i mean it is um you know when i first got into film it was 2000 and so i've been through that period at, at, I would say, you know, the dark days tr- trademark um, sort of 2006 to about 2011 when all you were getting really was bad news. You were getting ag for, um, you know, basically pulling out of consumer film and, uh, you know, various films from Kodak and um, uh, Fujifilm disappearing, uh, Ilford looking like it was uh, go- going to disappear thankfully that came back um ferrania um uh, closing shop so that it was like every year there was fewer um you know film varieties left and shops closing and 
more and more people going over to digital and you know repairers closing up shop all that stuff that made it feel like um this was a bit of a dying dying hobby um i can remember about 2011 2012 just before i started the blog just having that you know which of these cameras are going to be am i going to be able to use in 20 years time um you know what film will i be able to buy will it will it be a case where you know there's ilford and foma maybe still making black and white film but it's 25 quid a roll and i buy you know 20 rolls a year uh just to sort of keep my hand in um but it really did feel like you know you you have to sort of be prepared for the slow slide but now um in the space of like seven or eight years it's a completely different story i I did a pop-up at aperture um aperture printing which is a lab in the center of london just off oxford street um and aperture began i think about 10 or 12 years ago the the original shop is still going it's now a, a camera museum um repair shop you can buy film there but it's also a cafe it's a great little place um and this, uh, they've got a, a really great display of cameras that was donated in the basement. Um, about 2010, I think, 2012, they set up the shop in Rathbone Place where there was uh, processing but also loads of um, vintage cameras, um, a repairer in the basement. And then uh, last year they actually set up a Leica shop Um for Leica and high-end uh, digital, um, about 10 minutes walk away. And I went in there um, last year uh, and said, you know, suddenly all the all the cameras were gone, all of the cameras. I said, oh, what's happened? You're not closing down, are you? And he, the, the guy who runs it, Richard, said, well, no, we've had to move all of the cameras to the Leica shop, and they've had to, like, basically um, – open up space in the basement of the shop to fit everything, like do do the, the basement up properly. Because uh, we've had so much extra demand for our processing that um, it, it's either this or like we have to like find a bigger shop. Um, wow. So he, he thought that their processing had gone up 60% in one year or less than one year. Wow. And uh, they are constantly busy. Um, They're open until seven at night. And whenever I go in to buy film or just um, catch up with them, is it just a constant stream of people going in to to drop off film? Um, And and Richard said, you know, that that was happening in the lunch hour because they're so central. It's the kind of place that people can go to on their lunch break. And he said you'd you'd be talking to somebody who's you know wanting to buy a fifteen hundred pound roller flex, um, and and the queue to pick up films is twelve deep. <laughs> you have to get people from the basement where all the processing machines are. Um, but yeah, they've they've had to buy um, at least another mini lab. They've had to put in a proper um, 
like development sync for um, hand development of black and white. It's just, it's, it's a huge basement that's just like filling up with all the stuff because um, that is, that's what's happening in a, in a big, big city like London. Um, near, in the East End of London, um, near Spitalfields, there's a shop um, called Analog Films, uh, a film lab run by a guy called Sid, who's, uh, who's really lovely, very experienced. Um, and they offer a very good, um, cheap, fast, pretty fast turnaround um, deal on dev uh, and scanning for less than a fiver, which is, is pretty good these days for colour film. And he told me that he's devving and scanning 150 rolls a day. Wow. wow. Um, every day because they're open seven days a week. Yeah, it does seem to. I mean, that, that does seem to be the story that we just like. Almost everybody you talk to is like, "Yeah, uh, I've got." I mean, uh, from speaking to Duncan at Silverpan, he's like, "Yep, I'm. <laughs> you know, I've got more than I can cope with." I mean, you know, he's working hard to keep up with that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's great. It it is. I suppose we're just going to the, that gear shift now of an, an industry that had to downsize and shrink so much to the point of almost extinction uh now the gearing back up again is harder because actually a lot of the resources just aren't there and to get the resources you need to have you know some of those are quite deep pockets purchases for that kind of thing it's um but uh yeah it's a great problem to have but But, uh, but nobody is we're never going to have the kodak agfa ilford fujifilm industry of uh, 2003, where there were two billion rolls of film being sold a year in the States or something like that. Something incredible. We're never going to have that back again, but that's fine. Like we, we don't need it, need it to be the only game in town. Like it was then we have digital people can take their phone out. Uh, they can take a bridge camera or a, sorry, a mirrorless, camera or you know their dslr or they can take their film camera or they can take them all out if they've they've got um uh no back injuries um, <laughs> but it's, it's i think you know where this has come from is partly because digital is is showing um you know just how cool a lot of these old cameras are and and what they're capable of and and also you know, the, the kind of thing that um, Japanese teenagers experienced first and the rest of the world is kind of waking up to that like, analog is is different and it's something that can't be replicated with all the computer equipment that we use, the screens that we look at. It, it is a different way of interacting with the world. And, and I think a lot of... Um, a lot of kids and a lot of younger people are, are kind of reacting to that technology that is always around them and always demanding their attention with notifications or updates or, uh, you know, so-and-so wants to chat to you or so-and-so has liked your picture or so-and-so has sent you a, a private message. And you don't have that with a film camera. You're just taking pictures and, you know, doing the photo walks, um, that I do with uh, Rob from London Camera Project. We have people from, you know, 
their sixties down to, you know, teenagers and the teenagers are just as into it as uh, people who've been shooting film all their lives. Like they're really knowledgeable and, you know, knowledgeable about, about, you know, the looks of different films and, you know, um, the different look of Pentax lenses compared to Nikon lenses. And, and that's great because that enthusiasm is really infectious. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's, um, it's a bad thing that like Instagram is sort of showing, um, the next generation that like analog is, is something that they should maybe think about. I, I think without firstly, lamography, which gets a bad rap from people, but if, if we hadn't had lamography and their pitch perfect way of making film relevant to younger people, film would be in a lot worse shape. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now. I think it's very yeah. true. And, and it's, it's reassuring to see as well. I mean, you know, like speaking to what Steve's doing that, um, at this point, it, it isn't just a case of, oh, this is a hipster thing. Let's, you know, let's just use these old cameras and let's, oh, it's, a, you know, a fun old throwback thing. It's like, no, this, this, people are interested in new cameras. People want people yeah. want to enjoy the hobby uh, and, and do it with new kit. It's, it's not, it isn't a backwards looking hobby. It is a, I mean, you, know, you can enjoy the old stuff, absolutely, but it, it, it is very much a forwards-looking hobby. There's new stuff on the horizon. There's new stuff happening, and um, and that energy, I think, is really important. It, it's um, a really exciting time to be doing stuff with film. I mean, you know, part of what I do is running Cosmophoto, and um, and so that is writing about things like uh, Kremer cameras or Pixelator or... Um, you know, uh, uh, double film or um, burger or, you know, all, all of these, uh, all of these people. Um, and every week there seems to be something else being launched on, on Kickstarter. Now, now some of them are a little dubious, um, but then you have things like the Raveni Lab um, digital light meter, which, you know, I've, I've spoken to Mike um, just uh, just yesterday, uh, after do it like seeing it on um, Kickstarter and just doing a preview story that that kind of went a bit mental, um, and he was like, "Oh, I had no idea it would be uh, it would go this well." And I was like, <laughs> "I think you've got the right product at the right time." Yeah. You know, Steve and I have been talking about like a small digital meter for hot shoes, yeah. the kind of thing that. I would love to have for some of my old Russian cameras that don't have a meter. Um, but I don't want to pay 250 quid for a Voigtlander VC meter, which is, yeah, that's a lot of money. I mean, it's a, it's a nice product, but it's, that's a lot of money for a, a hot shoe. Meter. I think it's the fact that a lot of people, myself included, it's a, you know, we love it. It's a hobby and we enjoy it, but we've also got lives to pay for, you know, and, as much as there are a lot of people who could go and pay £250 for a very nicely made analog meter, there's a lot of people that can't. Yeah. Um, I think that was always something that I tried with Chroma to make make them affordable to kind of, as I said, something I'd like to use, you know, the, to get people into it because there is massive interest and a lot of young photographers are kind of reaching the, the kind of the, I think the point with digital where they're going, it's a bit boring now. It's kind of like, 
you know, yeah, what's the next camera going to be? Oh, it's even more critically sharp than the last one. But, yeah, you know, it doesn't have that excitement. So I think every, people are looking for new outlets. And that's certainly where I came into it. You know, I was a digital shooter and I think it's ace. And I've I had a little bit of a running with someone online the other day about the Raveni hot shoe meter because I'm, I'm massively in favour and support of people like Matt and you know, I've been there and we're trying to release something trying to get your passion out there that you know a bank is never going to give you a loan for that you can't go up to a bank and go I want to build this 125 year old camera please can I have some money they're going to laugh you out the door um, so I think having things like Kickstarter and yeah you know it gets a bad rep doesn't it there are some as you say slightly dubious campaigns but maybe that's human nature but I think to get opportunities like that that wouldn't happen otherwise and they might stay as just a one-off in on someone's desk that they made for themselves I think it's ace and you know good luck to the people doing it um, I wouldn't be here without it certainly and yeah I, I think we're um, you know I just look at some of the stories that I've done on on uh, Cosmophoto over the last year or so, and, and you know, the uh, NBC um, web story about the return of film photography, a really good interview with um, somebody high up at Kodak, and it was, uh, what he said was something I hadn't seen before, so I, I turned it into a news story. But he said that Kodak, you know, Eastman Kodak, who actually make the film, Alaris, but Eastman Kodak had had doubled its film production, still film production, um, in the four years between 2014 and 2018. So that is twice as many rolls of portrait being sold in 2018 than there were in 2014, twice as many rolls of Vectar, Triax, everything. Because, and the, they were like, we're, we're finding it hard to meet, meet demand. And that is why... Um, why Kodak had to do what they've done, which uh, was met with, you know, a lot of resistance, and, and I, I understand it to a certain degree, um, that they had to, they had to raise raise the prices, uh, and in some cases, like quite considerably, like color plus. Um, if you're a dealer buying that, you know, it, it's it's gone up by certainly more than a third, um, which. You know, most places they're going to have to pass some of that price increase onto their customers, which, you know, as somebody who sells film, you don't think about doing that lightly because film isn't cheap anymore. Um, and I've been working for a while on a, on a sort of long read, um, which is, you know, just asking is the era of, film, of cheap film over? Because if you want to depress yourself, like pick up an old copy of like, amateur photographer or you know um, one of the monthly mags photography monthly and look at the list the price listings for um film when we had things like seven day shop which was the um the warehouse that was based out in the channel islands and paying vat get like a roll of elite chrome 100 for three quid fifty i mean like, it's just, it's ridiculous like I can't. I cannot remember how little I paid for film, but obviously, I I wasn't earning as much as I do now. 
uh, I'm lucky enough to have a, a reasonably well-paying job and um, you know it was probably as big a proportion of my take-home pay as a nectar or whatever it is now um, but it's that you know as Steve says you know wanting to make uh, the snapshot camera something that people can afford we, we have to try and make um, we have to try and make film something that isn't just a pastime for the middle classes because um, you know that's going to be a shame because there's going to be a lot of people who want to make use of it who won't be given that chance because it's priced out of their reach like so many other things and um, that's why I'd, I would always be really resistant to sell a film that I do for more than about six pounds fifty. Um, selling through my shop, I would if it if it got above that, I'd be I'd feel a little, little uncomfortable. It's the sort of not that uh, beer has has reached quite that point. Um, but I, I think if if you're paying appreciably more um, than the price of a, a a drink in a pub for a roll of film, then then something's wrong. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good that philosophy. I like that. Yes, <laughs> it certainly says a lot about you. I think, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the days of five pound rolls of film uh, are over, but I certainly know that Cosmo Photo Mono um, is available in places for five pounds fifty, which is pretty much what a decent pint of lager costs. Um, costs in a London pub, obviously outside of London, the, the prices aren't quite that uh, eye-watering. But um, also, the the wages, the salaries out of London aren't aren't as high, so. Um, you know, when a when a price or when the price of a roll of ectochrome say is sixteen pounds, I mean that's that's a lot of money. Yeah, that is uh, a lot of money. Yeah, it and it's a wonderful film. I'm not knocking it. Uh, before you know, Charlie and Andy Church uh, write me write me emails. <laughs> you know, I I love the three rolls of film I've <laughs> I've shot of the new ectochrome um, because it's not something I buy every time I go out and, and buy film. Um, you know, in the summer holidays, I, it's something I, I certainly buy a few rolls of, but you know, the same with, um, Fuji films, uh, slide films. They're absolutely great. I love them. I love the fact that, that they're still here and we can still shoot slide, but 15 quid per roll of film. And then, um, development on top of that, and then maybe scanning. Um, that's not cheap. And it, it, in the UK, trust me, it's cheaper than most places um, just by the economy of scale, the fact that, you know, places are able to buy decent amounts because there's a big enough, like, captive market here. Where I'm from, New Zealand, it's, it's $50 for a roll of Elvia, and that's, that's 25 quid. Um, near enough to fifty dollars, uh, and that's that's on top of uh, on top of that you've got to pay for processing. Um, th- that's not something that like you know kids who who maybe you know 
don't come from the most comfortable of backgrounds um, are able to indulge in. You know, if if they've got an artistic bent or they they want to get into film photography, oddly enough, it's it's not the cameras. I mean, you, you, yes, you can pay uh, an absolute um, bucket load for, for the sort of Instagram friendly contacts to use and um, you know Nikon FM3As and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, you can buy an old Ricoh or a um, a chin on or a practica or something like that and still take perfectly decent pictures. Um, and you can buy those for the price of a, a roller slide film. Cause I've done it in the last, <laughs> last <laughs> I bought a little, um, Olympus AF one mini, which is a bit like the Mew one. Um, Oh, apart from the price tag. Cost me. <laughs> 17 quid in the box with the manual and not 170 quid uh, like people are charging on um, on eBay and pretty much the same lens really fast autofocus really quiet great like you give that to a teenager um, and they'll they're, you know they'll be laughing yeah there are still bargains to be had there and as far as i can understand from what you were saying it sounds like people can look forward to with cosmo photo that you're going to adopt a new pricing strategy whereby the further out from a sort of london area you live the cheaper the film will be so if you live out in the boondocks it's going to be cheaper than to buy if you live in london if you live in london you're going to be paying a premium for your film is that right Stephen? well no i mean uh, unfortunately i'm uh, held in check by the uh, the frankly ridiculous cost of um Light refreshments in London hostelry. <laughs> <laughs> it's index linked to my, the price of beer. My my um, inflation rate is is certainly London based, so you know other inflation rates are available. But uh, <laughs> mine's very very much ge- geography specific. But but if I can drag us kicking and screaming back to the point of this show, and you can, come, <laughs> just 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 on a whim, you know, just for a moment. Yeah, the, uh, actually, the it, it sounds like visitors to the photography show, it, it, which as this as this podcast goes out, is really only starting eight days into the future, um, and it, it are going to have an opportunity to to uh, buy some some um, well priced index linked film, <laughs> and 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 some glorious large format cameras as well. Definitely, yeah, <laughs> that's the plan. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. I, that, that, there's, there's so, so much we've talked about this evening. Um, so, some of it was on brief, which was nice. <laughs> but all, all, just all for good. A change. Uh, yeah, yeah, just for a change. All good. Well, to be fair, we didn't really have any show notes or anything, did we? So <laughs> who knew where we were going to go with it? But it's been a good conversation. Possibly, Graham. I don't know what you think. Possibly, time we should we should start winding up the conversation. Is it? Unless you're going to surprise me and say there is a plan. And, and, no, there's and, and we've only covered agenda item yeah. number one. Coming back to the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> no, there is never a plan. No, I think you're absolutely right, Aid. I think um, uh, it's been a great, great chat with these guys, and um, it's been. I, I'm uh, very excited to see this stuff, especially. Uh, no offense to your film, Stephen, which I have shot and I love, but I've I have seen it, and um, seeing as you seem quite resolutely determined not to bring exciting new um, announcements <laughs> to the show, which is rude. Nice. Uh, what are you waiting for a bigger event i mean come on now um 
I am really looking forward to seeing the the um, Chroma Adventurer and the um, snapshot of the show. That's um, going to be super cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to picking them up, getting hands on them, and then probably dropping them accidentally. Well, <laughs> or sneezing on them. Yeah. We should obviously um, make sure that people realise that, that this wouldn't have happened without Hamish Gill um, sort of being the driving force behind it and, and making yeah. the guys at the photography show sort of realise that it was wor- worth doing as a spotlight that there are, you know, the yeah. small producers, the sort of boutique brands, cottage industries, um, you know, mad scientists, skills, slaving away <laughs> for uh, red hot 3D printers. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, you know, he's, he's, he's done a bang-up job. Yeah. Well, let's see. We so haven't you... got there yet. Well, <laughs> no, I think I'm all right. I can get behind that. Hamish has worked really, really hard on this. So, yeah, well done, Hamish, and thank you. Yeah, there's a whole load of talks going on, which I never mentioned earlier. So we've got yeah, yeah it's definitely have a look on there as well. So there's, there's benches in the middle of the uh, and work the, out uh, what you want to see from um, uh, on the timetable. There's uh, a couple of people who haven't been on the on the blog yet. I don't uh, sorry the podcast yet. I don't think. But um, Sarah Emma Smith is somebody I've met um, uh, doing the photo walks. Who's a, a really great photographer, uh, and she's actually shot mono at 1600 um, and made it look fantastic. So uh, it's worth getting her on at some point and just. Um, giving her her viewpoint about film because she's uh, she's doing some really great work and doing little photo walks herself and um uh like beginners courses so yeah sounds good sounds good Right. Well, OK, then. Um, are there any housekeeping notices, uh, Graham? I mean, we've talked, yeah, the biggest thing coming up in our near future is, of course, the photography show. We, we, I think we've announced that this evening uh, reasonably successfully. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the only thing, as we keep saying, is um, if you are coming and you and if you are coming uh, and you are coming to the um, live podcast in the evening, which we very, very, very much hope you are. Please do make sure you go to the Photography Show website, click on the events page and get your free tickets for that from there. Um, because it, as it's happening after the show is closed, um, which never stops being funny to me, um, you will need to have a, a special ticket for that so you can get back onto the site. Once all the normies have gone, you get to be one of the special crowd and come to this. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I can almost guarantee. It certainly is. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, definitely. Um, we will be We will be there. We will be uh, doing our thing in, in, in front of a whole bunch of people. And um, that's only mildly scary terrifying that, is that's fine. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong Rude oh, uh, i've got a list hang on <laughs> sorry uh, well i'll bring a hip flask mate you'll be fine don't worry i'll um, put some peach flavored vodka plan. in it or something like that and you'll find you'll be fine <laughs> That sounds good to me. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to work on the way that I can not be driving for the day. So, yeah, that's definitely within my future. <laughs> cool. Right. Well, there we go then. Um, thank you very much to our special guests, Steve and Stephen. Um, we look forward to seeing you face to face again uh, at the yeah. photography show. Um, and, uh, yeah, all big things ahead of us in our near future. Uh, we have been the 
Sunny 16 podcast. I uh, nearly forgot who we were then. We're we at the Sunny 16 podcast. <laughs> I think we are. We might also be the uh, future of... No, no, no. The, the future... <laughs> Uh, no what's it called the photography show the company's called future the show is called the photography show the photography show warm-up gig i think we are as well aren't we um but uh and we were given that we will we will play you out now with uh rachel's band rocker uh who uh well whose album promises i should have kept you can get on the internet at spotify and amazon and itunes and bandcamp and other good places like that and um, we would uh, as always uh, it has been an honour and a privilege to speak with you all. We'll be back next week. Uh, see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.